This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Does, does anyone else struggle to hear good things about you like that? I, I sometimes sit there and I just, I don't know, it, 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 it can feel a little bit awkward. Um, I don't know if anyone identifies that, and, and you, you kind of know where I'm coming from. Uh, I, I, I tend to be pretty bad at just sitting there and, and, and receiving like that. And uh, I, I'm part of this accountability group, and, and the one evening we, were, we, we, we met together and we decided we were going to try out and discuss impartation, which is kind of like taking what I've got and blessing you and receiving from other people. And um, yeah, so we, we were just talking about that together, and, and at one stage, one of them said or they said this thing like oh you you're just so awesome and um yeah that, that was that was awkward as well and I, and I actually just said just hang on like wh- why do you say that why, why are you saying that about me and I, I just kind of wanted to know like what are you seeing maybe that I'm not seeing and uh yeah it's 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 nice to hear those things but I, I just feel like sometimes it's also a little bit awkward and and as we shared and as the other people had a chance to receive it it, it was cool cool in a way, to, to see how other people can get awkward about receiving like that as well. I think sometimes because we know ourselves so well, um, we, we know what's going in, on inside our hearts. Like, I know that I shouted at my kids or that I lost it in traffic or that I snapped at the dude at work um, or that I entertained that inappropriate thought for just a bit longer than I should have. But, but you don't know all that stuff. So when you see me, you, you may be just seeing the good things about me and and, and you praise that stuff, and, and I'm feeling a little bit disconnected from, from that maybe because I know all the bad stuff as well. I think another reason we battle to accept praise may be our view of humility. Um, we think humility is just not being full of pride. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, we, we know that pride is a bad thing, so, so we all try and avoid pride. And, and often what that looks like is we'll... We'll just put ourselves down or we'll just deny the cool stuff about us uh, so that we don't come across as prideful or so that we don't like, seem arrogant or anything like that. And, and that can often end up in, in one of two extremes. E- either you've, you've got this prideful nature about you or actually you just end up having a false sense of humility. Um, just a little example, I, I coach hockey at, at school and I, I coach um, players that some of them, they just really, really full of themselves and you can't coach them because they're just too good and they absolutely know everything. But on the other hand, you've got guys who, who don't know anything about themselves really. They deny their ability and they're actually uncoachable as well. Um, it's, it's kind of the guys that are in the middle that they know their ability but they're also open to receiving from you as the coach um, and, and they learn much quicker than anyone else and they actually end up being really good players. So just on humility, um, there's a guy called Andrew Murray who's, who's quite a famous pastor. He, he defines humility as the following. He says, it's the place of entire dependence on God. Humility is not so much a grace or virtue along with others. It is the root of all because it alone takes the right attitude before God. It allows him as God to do all, which comes when we see how truly God is all and in which we make our way for God to be all. So in a Christian context, humility isn't so much just believing in yourself, but it's believing in God in you. We believe that he has placed gifts and ability in us and that he wants to work through us. 
So false humility says things like, oh, I'm no good, I can't do that. Um, nah, not me. Why don't you rather ask someone else to do that because they probably just do a better job than I will. Whereas pride says stuff like, I'm the best, I know it all. Oh, look at me, I'm so talented, give me any job. And then true humility might say, I have value because God has, played, has paid a price for me. God has blessed me with my own set of unique gifts. With him, I can achieve anything because he empowers me. My value and my ability come from God. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, he wrote the following. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So Paul recognizes that he was this blasphemer, this sinner, this insolent man. And yet he also recognizes that by God's grace, he was called to be an apostle. He didn't hear Jesus' voice on the road to Damascus and and just like chicken out of that calling. He didn't walk around denying the fact that he was an apostle. And in fact, if you look at all of his letters in the New Testament to the church, just about all of them start with something that goes like, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Paul knew who Jesus called him to be, and he walked that out with confidence. What I want to do today is, is look at how our view of humility can maybe affect how we see our identity. And then I want to look at the things that God has placed in each one of us, and how we can encourage each other to believing higher so that we can live out the plans that he has for our lives. So just before I do that, let me, yeah, let me pray for us. So Lord, yeah, we just, just give you this morning, we, we pray that you would open our hearts to receive and and that we would catch something that you're saying over our lives, and that we could live according to how you see us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so, think back, those of you who are born again, to how you were right in the beginning. I I don't struggle with this too much. It wasn't too long ago that I gave my life to the Lord. And I can remember bugging guys like um, Stephen, who's who's also one of the elders, and asking him so many questions. I, I just pestered him pretty much continuously. Um, I also went to, to people like uh, Rion, uh, Ellen, Dion, um, yeah, and I, I was altar calls at the end of the church. I, I, I was always there confessing my sins, and, and oftentimes I was back the next week um, confessing how I'd slipped up again. Yet as we mature, we, we learn to rely a little bit more on the Holy Spirit and, and not so much on, on other believers. We learn to hear His voice, and we learn to learn on our own. We begin to grow up in Christ. And we mature in our walk with the Lord. And as this happens, so our relationship with him grows. We begin to know his nature and his character more and more. And in addition, we learn more about who he made us to be. This happens when we read his promises to us through scripture. But it also happens when the people around us share his word with us. God uses people who hear his voice to share these things with us. And we generally just refer to this as prophecy. Which could take the form of receiving a word of knowledge or possibly a word of wisdom. There's a lot more to prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom than than just what I'm going to share this morning. So I'm going to kind of just limit what I'm going to say to receiving from the Lord and and knowing a little bit more about your own personal identity. And I'm going to just refer to anything that you hear from other people as a word. So the more we grow in our walk with the Lord and and the more we hear these words from other people, the better better our picture becomes of, of how God is seeing us. 
we get a better idea of his plans for our life, and ultimately we are equipped to fulfill those plans by walking out our true godly identity. But even for us that have walked a long time with the Lord, um, sometimes we, we just um, we have this problem. We believe what the Lord says about us in principle, but we struggle to take it on board in reality. Our false humility kicks in, and instead of just believing in who we are, we pull back too humble to accept our identity, uh, our identity and just how amazing God has made us to be. This inability to accept our identity can result in, in stunted growth and, and it can slow our growth down. And Paul actually, he chastises and he has a bit of a go at the Corinthian church about this and he, he says this to them. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. Here we can see the concept of being immature in Christ, or in other words, living by the flesh, being compared to being an infant. In contrast to this, Paul refers to being mature in Christ as being led by the spirits. And in one of his letters, or in, in one of the chapters in Romans, when he writes to the Roman church, he, he refers to, to those who live by the Spirit as these are the sons of God. So we need to mature as we live by the Spirit and as sons of God. And Graham Cook, who, um, who's a, a prophet and he's a preacher overseas, he, he takes this concept a little bit further. He says that infants just have their needs met, while sons understand who they are, they, they know their identity, they know their position, and they know what their inheritance is. The assumption then is that some of us are happily living as infants when, by all rights, we should be living as sons by now. So let's take a look at this concept, and, and I'm going to use my children as an example. My, my wife, Kim, and I have got two boys. Uh, Rory is uh, seven years old, and, and Jared is four. But when they were born and they were infants, Kim and I had to look after them all the time. We, we just had to meet their needs um, for sleep, for food, for comfort, for warmth, just general care. But now that they're older and they are beginning to mature a bit, so they are... Um, growing and, and sort of growing in responsibility. They can feed themselves, they can change themselves, they can brush their own teeth, um, they can fetch things for themselves. So when we are born, born again as Christians, when we enter God's kingdom, it's, it's a similar thing. It's just that the needs are slightly different. When we join his kingdom, we are justified and we receive righteousness and forgiveness. And like I said earlier about myself, there's this need to have all these questions answered and there's a need for, for us to learn things like how to pray, for example, with our boys now, we can really see that their characters are starting to come through. If we, if we look at Rory, he's the older one. He's just go, go, go. He is nonstop energy, and he's moving around so quickly. Like he, he barely has time to just sit down and eat a meal. Jared, on the other hand, is super chilled, and he absolutely loves his food. <laughs> Those of you who know them will know. Rory seems to absolutely love drawing, and he, he's getting good at maths, and, and we'll figure out that stuff about Jared later. But Rory can sit quiet. Uh, sit quietly and focus and concentrate for, for ages. And at the moment, he's absolutely loving chess. He loves building Lego. And he can just sit quietly and entertain himself for ages. Jared's just really not like that. He loves doing big stuff with his hands. And anything to do with, like, tools is, is his game. So he loves screwdrivers and things. And, and actually, just bought him a toy chainsaw recently, which was which is fun. Um, Rory loves hockey. Um, and he, yeah, he really seems to enjoy the game, but, but Jared's quite a solid dude 
even at four, he's just about the size of his brother. So it looks like he might enjoy rugby, but uh, time will tell. In any case, yeah, so, so as they grow and we get to know them more, so Kim and I relate to them differently. They are both our children, which is a general thing in their identity. But we have to relate to them um, on their own terms, in a sense, in, in terms of how they're growing and how their characteristics are, are coming through. So for Rory, I might buy him a chess set because that's what he's into at the moment. But Jared's not quite there. I'll just buy him a toy car. <laughs> Rory might get a hockey stick, and then Rory might get a rugby ball. Um, but it would be absolutely useless for, for Jared to take a hockey stick to rugby practice just because Kim and I covered him with the same gifts that Rory got. So, we, so we're relating to them specifically according to, to, their, um, to their needs and, and their interests and, and their abilities. God is the same with us. We are all his children, which is our general identity. But each of us has our own abilities that he's given us, and each of us has our own talents that he's given us. And so he's got to relate to us specifically on our own, in, our own partic- in his own particular way. So just like the boys need different things, so each one of us is also going to receive something different. But for us to move forward and mature, we've got to accept the things that the Lord gives to us, and we've got to use them. There's no good receiving something from the Lord and then setting it aside. To go back to Rory and his hockey example, if I give him a hockey stick and he's going to go off to a hockey match, if, if he kind of puts aside the hockey stick and pitches up for his match, he's not going to be a very effective hockey player. So we've got to pick up the stuff that the Lord gives us and we've got, to, we've got to use it. Eventually our boys will grow up and we'll relate to them as adults with tickles and bedtime stories being a thing of the past. Through it all is the growing of relationship that's the most important thing. If Rory and Jared forget about Kim and I and really just look at us as providers of food, sports equipment and, and later on things like cell phones, then, then they've missed the point and, and clearly something important is, is really missing. And our relationship with the Lord is similar. Okay, we need to constantly grow in relationship with him. And as we change and as we mature and as, as he relates to us specifically, things are going to change. But if it's all about the gifts and it's all about trying to receive these gifts that he's giving to us, then it's going to be like looking at him as the gift giver and, and not as our father. And we'll also miss something important as well. So ultimately, we need to come to a point where we, where we use our gifts and, and we fulfill our purpose. In the example of the boys, I don't know, maybe it means something like they reach a whole community of rugby and hockey players and their parents for the Lord. For us, I don't know, what, what might it mean? What, what's that thing of eternal significance that, that we'll sort of lay hold of and that we'll do for the Lord? Will we do it for the Lord? Will we use our gifting and our identities and pursue relationship with Him and ultimately fulfill the plans He has for our lives? Or... Will we, in false humility, set aside um, his gifts and our calling and spend our lives in spiritual nappies, focused on our needs, missing out on true relationship and never coming close to living a life of significance? It's an interesting one. Those of you who have received words over your life before, maybe just sort of call them to to memory at the moment and, and just think about those things. Think about those those words that you've had over your life. I've, I've got a couple of examples of, of things that you, you might be thinking about. Maybe you've had a word that says you're a leader, you're a mighty warrior, you're a gifted speaker, you are pure, you are a breaker of chains, you are creative, you will set people free, you are a person of great favor, you can see in the spirit, you can hear God's voice audibly, you can release angel armies to work, 
you are like Abraham, Moses, David, or Paul. You have favor in business, you're an evangelist, you're favored, you are protected, you bring new life, you bring joy. You are a mother of nations. Remember that one. Remember that one from last week. You will have international impact. You will speak before presidents. You have golden fiery armor. And and whatever your personal words happen to be, just just remember those things. Think back on your words or, or maybe my examples and, and just think how about how do you feel about those things that the Lord has spoken over you? If if those things are your hockey sticks, are you taking them to the match? Would you be happy introducing yourself as favored warrior of the Lord, commander of angel armies? And just, just kind of think about your words and, and, and that and, and just be honest and, and kind of assess yourself and think, like, is, is my false humility beginning to rise up within me? W- would I be okay with that? And I, I think for most of us, we, we sat there in the rugby and hockey examples and you were like, yeah, of course, use your giftings, you... D- your talents are what you've got to use. The Lord's given that to you. Go, you've got to do it. But then the moment I, I make it personal and say, you've got to use that identity to introduce yourself to others or to make it personal. And you've got to be like, speak in front of presidents. Not a chance. I'm not even comfortable sharing a testimony at kids' church. I don't know. Like, like I said, assess yourself and, and see where you are. But uh, just, just the comfort for us, for, for us in this is that even the heroes of our faith had their times where they, where they doubted God. If we look at Abraham and Sarah, that, I mean, they, they flat out laughed at the Lord when, when he told them that they were going to have a son. You look at Moses, and, and when the Lord went to him and said that he was going to free the Israelites from Egypt, he said this, he said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Gideon said, But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. So despite being called for a purpose, these guys, they all felt unable. And God's response to each one of them in some way or another was, I am with you. And the good news is that he's with all of us too. So to be honest, I mean, like th- this is the stuff that, that's, that's been on my heart recently. But I'm, I'm definitely not all the way there yet myself. Like I said, I've been, been walking with the Lord for, for just about five years. Um, gave my life to the Lord properly just other side of that wall. Um, and it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride since then. But you know, I, I feel like now only I'm really beginning to get some kind of handle on, on what my true identity is and, and what my purpose might be. And it's, it's my hope for us that we can learn who God says that each of us are. That we can drop false humility and be really deliberate about the people he's calling us to be. But that begs a question. You, you might be going, okay, Mark, well, what the heck am I supposed to do with that? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay, so we're going to begin with some advice that Paul gave to Timothy. He said this. He said, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive from the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right. Um, for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. So if we just summarize that quickly, we've got do not neglect the words that you receive. So in other words, if, they've, if, if you've sort of filed them away on that back shelf and you've forgotten about them for the past years, or the past few years, it's, it's time to bring those guys out. And then give them your full attention so that you grow and others see your progress. In other words, you should be maturing and noticeably. 
And then the last little bit, it's important for your salvation and for others. So your purpose will involve others. So that, that's pretty cool. But an obvious starting point might also be that you just need a word over your life. So some guys here just gave their life to the Lord during worship, which, which was amazing. That was really cool. So maybe you guys don't have a word at all over your life. And, and maybe some of us have one or two or, or just a few. Um, but the two main w- ways that we could um, get a prophetic word over our life or start to hear what God is saying about us and, and what our identity is, is, yeah, number one, just get a word from, from a person who's, who's going to share with you what the Lord is saying to them. And the other is an inheritance word. And, and this is an idea that Graham Cook has. Basically, what an inheritance word is, is say you're reading the Bible and you're reading a passage that you've probably read several times before, and one of these days you read it, and it's like, bah, all of a sudden it just jumps off the page, and it like hits you, and your, your spirit comes alive, and you're like, oh, this is amazing, why didn't I see this before? And that's an inheritance word, and, and any of the pro- uh, promises that are there in that little passage of scripture can be for you, and the Lord is speaking that over you. But whether you receive a word from someone, or it's an inheritance word, it's important uh, to record what you receive. So, if someone gives you a word, make sure that you record it with a cell phone uh, so that you've got it and you can go back to it at a later stage and, and really just review it and, and look carefully at it. Um, but in either case, whether it's someone sharing with you or an inheritance word, make sure that you, you really go through it properly. And I, I would suggest that you write it out or, or that you type it out and that you've got it and that you can go back to it and, yeah, and just review it often. Okay, but before you just receive a word, it's important that we, that we go through that word carefully and that we look at it and that we judge it to see that it is legit from the Lord and that it's not just, um, just someone sharing their thoughts with us. Yeah, so we, we do that and, and if, if we look at the scriptures, it's, it's okay to do that, number one, and it's also okay to, to keep what's relevant to you and, and let go of the rest. So we read in scripture, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. And then also two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Okay, so we, we've got this instruction that we, that we need to test the words that we receive, which, which is good. Okay, we, we must test them. We must make sure that, that everything sits well with us, that we're not just taking on the words of a false prophet or something like that, or that it's not just that someone misheard and they're, they're just giving you their own thoughts. You, you really want your words to be properly from the Lord. Okay, it's, in, it's important to, to go through that process um, by yourself, obviously, but also get together with a group of people that know you well, that, that love you, um, and, and let them go through that stuff as well, and, and let them check with you. It says there two or three should, should weigh carefully what was said. So, up on the, on the next three slides, there's, there's ways that you can do this. And, and don't really stress too much about writing everything down here. These notes will be attached on, on the website with, um, with the audio. So, so go back and, and get that. I'm, I'm going to skim through this quickly. But it's, it's just a way or um, maybe a method that you can use to, to take the words and kind of say, right, well, let me ask a few questions about the word that I've received and then let me see if it resonates with my spirit, if it, if it seems good and it seems that the Lord is speaking to me. So number one would be, does it agree with scripture? So if someone's uh, speaking a word over you and it just doesn't agree with anything that's in the Bible, obviously that's one of the ones that we can just let go and we can say, 
thanks very much. Uh, I know you tried to be, be kind and share a word with me, but I'm, I'm actually going to let that one go. And then a couple of others. Is it consistent with the character and nature of God? Does it resonate with you? How do my family and friends and leaders who love me feel about the word? Do I trust the source? So in other words, in that one, you, you're kind of saying, right, that the guy that shared over me, is, is he in any way trying to get something out of this for himself? And, and I think in our church, that's maybe not too much of an issue. But, uh, I mean, we, we've heard of church leaders doing some interesting things. So, I mean, you, like someone says to you, I, I see the Lord telling you to give me a thousand rand. <laughs> Like obviously you can you can ditch that one. So so do you trust the source? Um, and and yeah, is is it all in line with scripture? Okay, what what is the spirit in which the Lord was delivered? That that one's really important. Everything that we receive from the Lord should really encourage us. And look, sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to come to you through someone else, and and He needs to have a word with you and say, "Listen here, my boy, it's time to get your life back in order." And let's get you back on the straight and narrow. Sometimes that will happen. But even if that has to happen, it, it needs to happen in a really uh, uplifting way and an encouraging way. Um, so just w- when you do go over your words, just make sure that the spirit that you received it in is a really good one, that it's delivered in love. And it's, it's, not, yeah, it's not about the person who gave it to you. Is it moving you closer to God? Um, and then sort of looking at all those criteria, are, are, you, are you happy to receive the word or at least parts of it? So once you've done that, you, you kind of highlight and delete and write down the, the word that you received exactly how you like it. Uh, and then, as I suggested, type out the final version. Okay, well, and, and go back to that and, and review it often. Okay, so one, once you've got that, you can actually begin to go through what you have and, and look at it and see, are there any uh, common themes? I mean, I, I've got quite a few words that I've received over, over the five years, and I, I typed it out, and I actually didn't type some out and went back recently uh, as part of our little accountability group thing. We, we did an exercise where we wanted to share with each other. So I, I had to finish typing out all, all my words, um, and I double-spaced them to leave space for notes and what have you. But, I mean, it came to 16 pages of, of stuff, which, which is cool. Um, but I've got that, and, and I can go back to it. And through all that 16 pages, you, you can kind of just read and and almost get lost. So it's, it's quite a good idea to go through that stuff and, and have some method of looking for common themes, common ideas, and, and kind of see, oh, this is what the Lord is saying about me. So again, there, there's, stuff, um, there's stuff there that you, you can use as a general idea. It'll, it'll be on the, the sermon notes, which will be up um, in the week. But it's, it's things like just, just read through everything and, and circle words um, where, where the Lord is saying something about your identity. And you can go through and underline any common themes. So whether it's warrior or armor or favored or leader or whatever it happens to be, underline those things. And as, as you do that, each time, maybe write the word leadership and then make a little um, mark next to it and another one and another one. And you'll be able to, at the end, then see what your major themes are that the Lord is speaking to you about and what your minor themes are. And, and you'll know that, oh, according to these words, I'm really strong in the prophetic or I'm going to be in a gifted leader or whatever it happens to be. And you'll, you'll have a really good sense of, of what the Lord is saying over you. Okay, and then from that, a uh, really cool idea, make a short paragraph of about three to five sentences that, that you would call your identity statement. Start it with I am, and then just write down a whole bunch of those promises using your, your key themes from the exercise before. And um, yeah, that, that's how you're known in heaven. Read it often and declare it over yourself often and, and try and see yourself that way. Um, I've done this, as I said, and it, 
yeah, it, it's difficult to read that thing back to yourself. In, in a way, you, you read it, and I, I just feel like, yo, Lord, is, is this really who I am? Like the, the, the promises sound like almost too good to be true or like too hectic in a sense. But the nature of faith is that we need to think and we need to talk at a higher level than what we are busy experiencing. Our feelings and emotions can, can mislead us. Um, and we need to believe in, in God, who, in who God says we are, even if we're not feeling that way right at the moment. So sometimes we don't feel saved, but we've got to believe that we're saved in any case. Sometimes we don't feel powerful as Christians, but you, you just can't take on, oh, that I'm weak. You, you've got to feel that you are anointed and that God is with you, even sometimes when you don't feel like it. So whatever those words are over you, like you're not always going to feel that way, but we need to believe that way. We constantly need to hear things higher. This is the nature of the prophetic. And the words we receive from the Lord do exactly that. They speak those higher things over you. I might be feeling, oh, no, not really. But then you read that statement and you have to go, sure, okay, maybe I am a strong leader. So some examples of this, Gideon, um, if, if you read in Judges, Gideon was, was one of the, the people that, that sort of led Israel out of oppression. But while they were busy uh, being smashed to pieces as, as a nation, Gideon, Gideon wasn't really feeling good about the situation, and, and he was busy hiding in a wine press, uh, trying to keep his head down and, and stay out of everything. And the, and the angel of the Lord, of the Lord appeared to him and, and said this. He said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So this dude's feeling pretty weak. He's feeling pretty terrible about his situation. Um, like I read earlier from, from judges about Gideon, he, he's saying, oh, no, my family is the least, and our tribe is terrible, and oh, my life. And he's hiding away in a, in a wine press, and, and the Lord rocks up and says, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And this is why we need to hear things at a high level, because Gideon wasn't feeling like he was a mighty hero, but he heard those words, and that promise from the Lord took root, and he ended up delivering Israel. He ended up saving them and setting them free. The word says that faith comes by hearing. So we have to make sure that we are hearing the word of the Lord, whether that's through scripture or through the words he's sharing uh, with us. So I think that if we can do this individually, we'll be well on our way to knowing our heavenly identities and fulfilling our calling. But for me, I think the real value in this is sharing. Because if, if we buy into this and, and we all then test our words and test our prophecies and, and share with each other. And I go to Rion and I say, look, th this is the word that I've received. Why don't you just read it and see if you agree with that about me? And Rion's doing the same. And we're all sharing and we're all taking our words and saying, please test this with me. Then we all get a better, ascent, a better idea and a better sense of who we are to the Lord. So I'll know exactly how the Lord knows Rion. He'll know exactly how the Lord knows me. There would be a much deeper honor and love for one another as a start, but... Just imagine how accountability would change. Usually accountability is just meeting together and, and checking up on each other and kind of checking, did you do the wrong stuff? Sort of holding each other accountable to the lowest common denominator. But if we knew all the promises that the Lord was speaking over us, that would be amazing. It's important to check on the sins. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's important to check on them. But let, let's imagine that, that I asked you the questions, um, are you cheating on your taxes? Are you lying? Are you unfaithful to your spouse? Are you addicted to anything? And, and we're kind of keeping each other accountable on that. You could answer no to every single one of those questions and yet still not be picking up your hockey stick and walking out your purpose that the Lord has called you to. Chris Vallotton did a teaching on identity where he said 
that we become what we hold in our thoughts. And he gave this example. He said, people say things like, I swore I would never become like my dad, mom, teacher, whatever it happens to me. He said, but when, when you do that, when you say, I swear, I'm just never going to become like that person, what you end up doing is you hold that thing in your thoughts. And then paradoxically, because you're holding it in your thoughts, you become the very thing that you don't want to be. And he finished it with this. He said, you can spend your life reacting to what you don't want to be, or you can spend your life responding to the vision God has given you for your life. Which was amazing to me. When I, when I heard that, I was like, yo, that's so good. Accountability then should not only be keeping each other accountable for our sins, but it should also be calling each other up to our true identity. In his book, Prophetic Company, Dan McCullum says the following. He says, even if someone is misbehaving or underperforming, we call them up. Hey! You're way too awesome to be acting like this. How does your current behavior align with who God says that you are? So suddenly we're not attempting to live just above the acceptable line. We are setting our minds and hearts on things above and not on earthly things. Paul said, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So I want to suggest that as a church, we begin to own our identities and that as a community, we begin to speak over each other the identities and promises that God has given us. Let's grow from a church that just flows in the prophetic to a prophetic community that's calling out the best in each other. And let's do that in our ministries. Let's, let's have all the ushers getting together saying, hey, you are this, you are this, you are this. Imagine the worship team getting together and they're not just praying, they're just reminding each other of how anointed, how amazing, how gifted they all are. Okay, whichever the ministry is, let's do this in our small groups. Let, let's meet together in small group and say, hey, how was your week? Because you are this amazing person of God. You're a leader. How was your leadership going at work this week? So we're calling people up the whole time. And Paul encouraged the, the church in Ephesus to be built up. He said, until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So then as a church... Let's walk in the fullness of Christ. Let, let's do this. Let's, let's make this community of, of calling each other up the whole time. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sin.